You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we continue our rewatch and recap of the television series Lost. Uh, obviously, this aired between 2004 and 2010, and we're doing it in. Well, the start of it in 2017 to sort of uh, date this, but we're up to the fourth episode of the first season. It's entitled Walkabout. It first aired on the 13th of October 2004, directed by Jack Bender and written by David Fury. And a uh, very interesting one. We're getting a little bit of lock in this episode, so uh, we're going to obviously have a bit to talk about, I feel. Uh, but my name is Ben, and go rescue a baby bird or something. <laughs> And uh, my name is Noah, and I'm the guy that can get you a plane back to Sydney on our dime. So our dime, a dime, that crazy dick, D- fucking idiot. I yeah. hate that guy. On our dime, dime. Uh, but we should we should point out, um, you and I are literally sitting next to each other. This no, is, we're doing this in person. We are. I would say this is the very first time on the Oz Network we've done this. But uh, Marcus and I did our um, our baby driver recap next to each other. But this I mean, is the first for you and I. I suggested that I came over, and you said no. But I said, "Don't help me what I can't do," and I rocked up. Anyway, he just showed so. up with a microphone and just pressed yeah. record. And you were very shocked to see me in a wheelchair when I <laughs> I know, right? As soon as you walked in, you started walking. It's like it's there's something different about this place. <laughs> you want to? secret Ben yeah well please <laughs> tell me old gummy Joe uh, I don't want you hanging out with Ben anymore <laughs> you know get your damn dog uh, but this is yeah this is a, a memorable episode um, very much uh, we're finally getting into the mystery that is Locke you know we had old shifty eyes with old gummy Joe an episode ago but uh, now we're we're really getting into the the tragic character of Locke in many ways yeah, definitely. This episode is an all-time classic for Lost. Like all Lost fans know, Walkabout, and uh, for one particular reason. But I think it's such a well-crafted episode from the get-go, where we see Locke early on, and I really love that they did hold off on Terry O'Quinn and Locke for the first three episodes because it makes this episode all the more better. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's such a classic, I think, and yeah, what makes it is better is this is the first we're really getting of Locke at all, and it's the first time Jack and Locke even meet. Um, but, you know, this episode is a classic, but also, as you watch it, the ending is memorable, but there's also some stuff that in it that's like, you know, not so much classic Lost, uh, we'll get to the Shannon plotline and stuff like that, but... Um, so it's not like a perfect episode, but this is a very memorable one, and I'm so excited to talk about this. Well, the Shannon stuff is amazing because it's Shannon. <laughs> so um, if you're tuning into us for the very first time, we are the podcast that likes to make Boone and Shannon even more awesome than they are. So um, you know, this is a very memorable episode for Locke, but for some reason, we'll make it about Shannon and Boone at some point as well. But uh, we we don't get a previously on Lost with this one, of course. We uh, we start off straight away with the Eye because we haven't had that in what three episodes. Um, and we're, we're back to the plane crash. We're like, oh shit, did we already not see this? But we're obviously seeing it now from, uh, Locke's perspective, because we only kind of saw a brief glimmer of him, didn't we, in the, in the pilot, when, uh, he was essentially, you know, running, well, he's been asked by Jack to, uh come help out yeah i think uh watching it back now is they kind of had to add that in but like because i don't know if they knew he was going to be in a wheelchair at the when they wrote the pilot so if you watch the pilot you see like Locke running along and like helping out and like in reality he's just walked for the first time in three years so it's well it's and this is the thing that um having watching this now knowing obviously the story behind Locke 
and that he was formerly in a wheelchair. And like this opening scene makes sense where you kind of see him with the toe. Um, but like it's it's kind of when you're watching this, you initially maybe you're thinking, oh, where's my shoe? Because they kind of like cut to the shoe, and he's probably you probably think like, oh, why is his shoe missing? Like, oh, that's the big mystery <laughs> here with Locke. Um, but I mean, this is I think we'll obviously talk about this when we get through this. How well done this is episode? Because oh. at no point do you believe he's in a wheelchair. Yeah, and at all points through the flashbacks, he is sitting, and you just don't even. And they give you hints. The whole he talks about. What was it, Norman Croucher or something? Yeah, the the guy with double amputee. Yeah, at, like they're basically telling you, and he's always sitting down. And in the final, the second final one, when he's on the bed next to him, is this like mm-hmm. MRI type machine type thing. Um, so there's so many clues, but you just never even. think. And you kind of think Randy's just being a dick to him because he's old, not because he's yeah. you know in a he's just being a dick to him because he's disabled and old. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I think that makes Randy even worse. When, Randy's a fuckhead. When you put it like that, Randy and the travel agent are brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest; they're related somehow. Uh, but yeah, so we we see obviously the the bit here with his he's standing up and uh, well he moves his toes, doesn't he? Um and he doesn't stand up straight away, does he? He's more he moves his toes straight away. Sorry, but then we we cut back into sort of the present. Um, little Vincent's being a shit. Oh, uh, so annoying. Aren't they uh, glad that they found the dog? <laughs> <laughs> I just I did. We we get the sort of a scene of Shannon and Boom waking up, but we need Shannon to just be like, oh my god, won't he just die already? <laughs> Shut that damn dog up. Um, roaring in the jungle. Sadly, we don't get a. Is that Vincent? <laughs> No, um, but then we realise the roaring's coming from the fuselage of the plane. Uh, someone's in there. <laughs> Jack straight away. Sawyer, Sawyer. right behind you, jackass. jackass. I love that jackass. <laughs> That's great. Um, and they're obviously shining the torch in there. Now, my question here is: I realise there's obviously a whole bunch of things on a plane. I'm sure they've got an emergency kit, and maybe this is just me being nitpicky too much. But like, where do they get such a powerful flashlight? <laughs> is that essentially because that is what would be on a plane, an emergency kit like that? I mean, I've only got room for a small flashlight, but who packs a <laughs> flashlight like that? That is like high power, high vis, you know. And again, maybe we're going to have somebody messaging going, oh, "Of course, Ben, they've got a high vis one on a plane. What if a plane crashes?" True. Um, so, but uh, they obviously find that we've got some um, pigs that run away, uh, boars, I should say. They're terrible CGI boars in this episode, are they not? Yeah, two thousand four. It's. It's passable, but it's not great. Why do the boars roar? <laughs> do boars roar? I don't think they do. <laughs> I've never heard of a boar roaring. Um, I've heard of the boar war, but I've never heard of the boar roar. <laughs> um, but uh, I love it when they all like run towards them and everyone's like, ah, ah, ah! They're just boars. <laughs> Like, oh, I mean, I wouldn't want to get run over by a boar. But they're acting like this is like a fucking dinosaur. Like, oh, they're extinct early. <laughs> but um, this is kind of, uh, we get a bit of lock, you know. There's boars and he has that little smile on his face. Um, and then we get this whole discussion about, oh, they're looking for food. There's like 20 dead bodies in this thing, so we've got to burn them. And we've got this bit of debate between Saeed, like, oh, no respect for their religion and... Um, and obviously they're talking about the fact it's been four days, nobody's come. Um, I have to say, this is we talked a bit about Jack's leadership abilities in the last episode. Props to Jack here. I think this is this makes logical sense. I mean, he's a doctor as well. And, I mean, it's not really referenced in the fact that, uh, you know, these bodies there and, and, and everything, but, like, dead bodies have diseases. They're going to smell. It's not just boars they're going to attract. They're going to attract, you know, a, vi- a variety of different creatures. So... 
it kind of is the logical thing they have to do, right? Is it not a bit selfish, though? Because really, he just wants to create a big fire so that a plane or a boat might see it. But what else would you expect them to do, though? Well, this is still like day four or something, so it's like you could wait out a week, couldn't you? Well, I, uh, yeah. Look, you Imagine could... if they got rescued that night. But I mean, yeah, I, I get it. But at the same time, it's like, you you know, you've got to also think that the prospect has been four days and I'm sure people are going to understand if you had to get rid of these and the fact that there could be diseases on this thing. But um, I just love uh, Saeed. We talk about him as a leader or something. I love Saeed. He, he's the only one who will never bow down to Jack. Like, mm. yeah, we're going to collect firewood next day. Saeed, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's making some contraption thing to... triangulate some sort of thing and like he's not bowing down to collect firewood there's a little bit of a plot hole here Uh, I don't know if you picked up on it when uh, Jack says uh, we can't bury them they won't say buried for long now they end up having a graveyard if I'm not mistaken right at this some point in the show so clearly that little point about oh we can't bury the bodies that kind of goes away eventually right? it could be a plot hole but also their graveyard is located on uh, like a hill like away from what will become known as Boone Hill later on. Um, <laughs> Five Hill. Yeah, so, yeah, maybe a plot hole, but you could explain it away as they buried it somewhere else. And I guess I suppose they'd have a shovel at that point from the Dharma stuff, right? Or is that well, pre-Dharma? Well, not Boone. Um, what happens <laughs> to Boone, Noah? <laughs> Don't tell me something's <laughs> going to happen to Boone. Not Boone. He's not going to climb trees or anything, is he? Or uh, like, no? Um, Boone is pre-Dharma. Yeah, well, we obviously, we get, um, yeah, you mentioned about the, the fire and kind of, you know, why wait till sundown if so eager? And then Kate's kind of like, oh, so people can see it. I think, like, I don't think it's a selfish thing. I think, in a way, it's kind of, it, it's a twofold. It's Two like birds, a, one stone. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, it's, it's a logical thing to do. Um, I like the fact that, uh, I love how I've written here, Sawyer making an antenna. That makes no sense, Ben. Uh, it's Saeed <laughs> making an antenna. <laughs> What's going on, Freckles? <laughs> trying to get us off the island. Found all these things. I'm actually not hoarding them for anything. He is a bit MacGyver-like, Sawyer. <laughs> the one thing I have to say, and I'm not trying to find just things to nitpick because I love this show too, but it's kind of convenient that on this plane you've got a doctor, you've got someone who speaks French when they need to speak French, you've got somebody who knows all about electronics. Like, I mean, I've caught, you've caught plenty of planes, I've caught plenty of planes. I'm, from now on I'm going to get in a plane and go, who's a doctor? Do you know how to work electronics? Can you speak French in case there's a crazy French lady? And a ton of tarps as well. Yeah. And can we also just point out, this is a flight from Australia to America. Why is there only one Australian? Australian on this flight. Well, um, Bandana Girl might be Australian. <laughs> All the extras who die. Stephen Kristen, they might have been. There's actually yeah, yeah. this random, random hot girl on this plane. The one with the jeans and the midriff and the stripy, stripy yeah, shirt. She could be Australian. She's hot. hot girl. I hope she's not Australian. Uh, I hope she's American. The person who had what, what were they renting? Willy Wonka or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't talk about that yet. I love. You got to be thinking of an asshole for that scene. I think that's hilarious. That scene. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to talk they about that. They might be Australian. I don't want to talk about that just yet. Anyway, so he's making the antenna uh, and he needs uh, Kate to be able to go and put it in a tree, basically, to see if they can get a signal to try and... Because uh, there's, there's obviously a power source on the island somewhere, Saeed says, who's trying to... I wonder if we'll ever see that again. I don't know. I, I, I doubt it. I think that just it's a plot hole. I'll forget about that. Um, I like he's lying there when he's like... Looks like you're as keen to get off the island as I am. <laughs> Don't know why he sounds like this now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, look, again, cut, cut me off here if there's anything of this specific you want to talk about before I just lump a lot of bunch of this into. Um, we see Locke in his case, and uh, Walt wants to go and see what Mister Locke is doing. 
Um, which is like, you know, playing with his silver case. It does look a little bit sus, doesn't it? Yeah, there's his toys in there. Yeah, and I, then we obviously cut to Hurley and Sawyer fighting. fighting yeah. And then Jack walks in, stay out of it, Metro! I love that, Metro. <laughs> uh, and, you know, poor Hurley. Like, I love how a lot of the storylines around Hurley obviously have to revolve around food. <laughs> like, I want some peanuts. It's my stash! Um... And then we obviously get here and they're, you know, they're running out of food because they thought they were going to be rescued. Then out of nowhere, a knife gets thrown into the chair. Boom! We hunt. We hunt. Uh, So iconic. We obviously get a bit of a James Bond introduction. Who are you? (laughs) Luck. His name is Luck. (laughs) It's just just the the setup that Jack has. I'm just waiting for him to go Bond, James Bond. Uh, And I love Jack's line. Was it Jack's line or Sawyer's line? It's like either you're a really good or a bad aim. It's Jack. I love that. You're Um, a good aim or a very bad aim, mister. And then um, he obviously opens up his case with the knives. um, And then Hurley. Who is this guy? <laughs> and then I like the fact too that what does Sawyer say like about that idea? And it's like, you want to go in there with a need a bit hunting after you go there? I think it's the best damn idea I've ever heard. Uh, uh, listen, it's Lockie's Mike scooping. Yeah, yeah, hunting pigs going crazy. Pre but... pre jail Mike scooping. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we've already implied a few things, but uh, um, I mean, it's, but, it's it's an amazing like it's iconic scene. What an introduction to a character. Well, it's, it's the introduction kind of like we've seen him with the chest shifty uh, eyes, and, old gummy Joe. But what I love is they really did hold off. Like if we had already seen a bunch of Locke already, this scene would not be iconic. But we didn't know anything about him, so to have him come out like that. Um, and then to have people saying, like, what is your name? Like, this is the first time Jack and Locke will meet, and they'll obviously go on to become much more... Have a very interesting relationship over six seasons, yeah, would you say? So, <laughs> so that's what I love about it, is we really know nothing about this guy at that point. So. It's, I mean, it's... The thing, though, that's kind of funny about it is, like, it, it says a lot for Locke's character, but is that how you want to introduce yourself to a bunch of survivors by throwing a knife? Because, I mean, it's a good point. Like, is he a very good or a very bad aim? Because he was like, vroom, oh, sorry, Sawyer. Uh, sorry about that, mate. Uh, I'm Locke. Uh, we can hunt. Yeah, we'll just bury him in the plane. <laughs> like, there should be, there's a parody scene in that, isn't there? Yeah. I'd, the whole case of knives is kind of a weird thing because my understanding of walkabout is, like, you go and you try and find yourself. And sure, yeah. there might be hunting involved, but, like, all those knives seem a bit overboard. And, and like, again, this is where two Australians doing this, you would assume we'd have more knowledge about, um, you know, these sort of things as it. But we are two suburban Australians in Tasmania <laughs> where there are uh, no uh, 100% Aboriginals here for a very long time. So our, our knowledge of Aboriginal culture is not as big as it would be if we were in another part of this country. Because, sadly, Australians, we don't get taught a whole lot about our native people a lot of the time. So... Um, I, I'm with you. Like, I, my knowledge of a walkabout is more about finding yourself and knowing a lot about. <laughs> I just said I don't know a lot about knowing a little bit about, um, you know, Aboriginal history. Uh, they would maybe use more traditional tools in this rather than modern hunting knives from America. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe the walkabout tour is more of like a touristy thing, like. Yeah, come on a walkabout. We're so Aboriginal. Yeah, I mean Melbourne walkabout tours. I guess yeah, it's a. He's signed up for some, like, probably expensive overpriced tour group. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's still... I love how it's like, how did you get him on the plane? Check them. <laughs> what does he walk up Makes those? Sense. Like, you know, I mean, you, you've flown a lot. Obviously, they say, like, anything dangerous in your bags? Oh, just 400 knives. <laughs> oh, thanks for telling us. Uh, I'm glad, glad to know. Uh, but we, we go into our flashback, and uh, we have Colonel Locke. 
Uh, oh, he was in the army. Yeah, or is he right now? But no. This explains everything. He's sitting at a desk in a little cubicle. What is actually his job? Uh, he works for a box company. That's right. He worked for a box company. Because he later tells Boone that and Boone says, no. You don't work no, for a box company. You don't company. work at a box He does work at a box company. Um, makes locks so great. We meet Dick Randy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, Randy Nations is he's in the fourth ever episode of Lost, but we've got to keep an eye out on him because he's actually in every season except for one season of Lost. So we're going to really? see him. He's kind of like that Easter egg that he pops up. We're going to see him in season two, three, four, and six. So keep an eye out on Randy Nation. Is he Hurley's boss? Yeah, he's Hurley's boss at the Chicken Shack. And then Hurley becomes his boss when Hurley That's buys the right. Chicken Shack. That's so. right. Okay, yeah, okay. I, get, I see. Which I, we'll get into Randy when it comes to the chicken episode, but how he went from working at a chicken shop to a box company manager. I, well, I can't imagine he keeps a job very long uh, with HR, uh, basically, <laughs> the, the way he treats people. But, I mean, fun fact, uh, Hurley actually owns this box company and gave Randy Nations the job. Uh, as the manager at the box company. Is that disclosed or is that just a little side fact? Yeah, it's just as... Uh, I don't know if it's just something that's in the Lost Law that's not in the show or if it's actually mentioned in the show, but yeah, Hurley actually... Uh, maybe it's like said in the background at some point, but yeah, Hurley owns this box company that uh, Locke works for. Okay. Well, well, it has shares in it or something like that. There you go. Um, yeah, well, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Um, obviously, we yeah hear... Dick Randy, though, and I heard you the first time, Randy. <laughs> God, Randy is awful. He's it. But, I mean, this is the thing. Whoever the actor is playing, it does a good job of making you hate them, you know. So, it's, it's a well-written character that you hate them that much. Um, now, Kate is going to go on a hunt with Locke. This uh, is just a brief moment on because this flashback we'll talk about. But this is him in the office. Um, this episode was originally going to be titled Lord of, Lord of the Files. Um, obviously, a... Uh, play on Lord of the Flies, um, which I th- it's a great title, I think, because it, it really sums up Locke, Lord of the Flies and Lord of the Files. Um, but I don't think it's a title that suits Lost, but no. um, there is a title that comes out later called Some Like It Hoth. So, um, <laughs> but I think Walkabout is a better title, but I like Lord of the Fly- Files. And I think this is what makes Locke so great is, and we're going to talk about him more, but so much of Lost is... The Man Behind the Curtain. There's even an episode called The Man Behind the Curtain um, from The Wizard of Oz where they take expectations and completely turn it on their head. And it's not just Locke. It happens with so many people where we think one thing and then we get their flashback and it's complete. Mr. Echo is a drug lord. Like Spoiler. Uh, ben, uh, ben Linus is not the great man that he is made out to be. Um, so... Sawyer's not a real dick. He's got a purpose to why he's a bit of a dick. Yeah, so they really take your expectations of characters and just completely flip it. The man behind the curtain, that Locke is not this hunter guy. He's not a colonel in the army. He sits at an office and works at a box company. I just love it so much. It's poetic. And they get to flourish in what, I guess, their their true personalities want to be on the island, so to speak. Yeah, this is part of why he talks so much about destiny and about why immediately... Obviously, the wheelchair thing is... We haven't even got to that, and I'm talking about expectations being flipped. When we get to that final scene, people will be like, what the... F-? Yeah. But what I love about it is, like, yeah, of course he's going to be talking about destiny and about this place being special because this guy is not a hunter. This guy works at an office and is talking to sex line workers because his uh, girlfriend left him and he's in a wheelchair and it's just this character... 
Locke has never been my favorite in terms of personal favorites, but this character is just so amazing. We, I mean, I I have that real connection with Locke and the fact that I just, you just feel so bad for him, just everything yeah, that leads up. His horrible. He's got such, like, it, well, you know, when it, obviously the worst life. a few episodes ago when he's like, you've had a bad month. It's like, well, you've had a bad life. Yeah, there's nothing. <laughs> he's had nothing good happen in his life. Yeah. It's, it's just really sad. We'll, we'll obviously get a little bit more to that. But yeah, Kate's wanting to go on another little <laughs> adventure. Like you were saying last episode, oh, everyone hates it because she's always tagging along. Kate's inviting herself along. I, I like it. Like, I don't know. I just but it's, it's the character because she's born to run. That's the name of an episode coming up, Born to Run. Baby, so, I was born to run. <laughs> yeah, so that, that song was about Kate. Um, yeah, of so course. So it makes sense that she would always be like never staying in one place. Well, I, I, we had that line there, doesn't it, that Jack says, uh, if I didn't know any better, I'd say you had a problem staying in one place, Kate. I um, have to say, I've got written here in terms of Kate going, Jack worried about Locke with knives because he's going like, you're going off with him, comma, ignoring Kate is a felon. <laughs> <laughs> he's worried about the case of knives of this guy going hunting in Australia. Ignoring that there was a girl with a mugshot, like he's worried about Kate's safety. Come on, Jack. I think I think Jack, Jack just ass. Jack just thinks she's a white collar criminal. You know, she could be <laughs> tax fraud, <laughs> illegal downloads. Well, yeah, it could have been. Well, I mean, she could be a very you know professional yeah. tax fraud person. You know, like it's not necessarily a, a white collar crime. You know, uh, maybe Stick, sticky finger Kate, five finger discount. <laughs> Um, what's that called a kleptomaniac is that a is that somebody who steals yeah, a lot sure. I, I mean I yeah, think, yeah. yeah I don't know how we would both know that we're both kleptomaniacs yeah I don't know um, but mm-hmm. she, now this is the line that gets me here because you would know more on this she says I'm a vegetarian yeah I that stood out to me as well and I'm trying to think is that a joke like is that her sense of humour or if the character is and then I'm trying to think like can I think of a scene where Kate was eating meat in Lost? Well, that's that's my thing I was thinking as well. Because, I mean, again, that's why I thought you would know more than I would. Ah! She ate the bacon last week. Ah! She did! At Ray Mullen's house. <laughs> Maybe she became a vegetarian after she went to prison. Um, Maybe Ray, like, she saw what goes on on the farm and she like, turned a vegetarian in those three months. Is that one of those, like, unanswered questions in Lost? Like, the polar bear and the Kate eating bacon. Yeah, so maybe she's a vegetarian. Although the bacon we saw was on the plate, so maybe she ate the eggs and left the bacon. Could be faking. Yeah, so maybe Ray Mullen's also a vegetarian. You never know. So I don't know. I, that stood out to me as well. I don't know if that's an established character trait or if it was just her sense of humour, though. Yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's interesting how I, I just forget about that line. Uh, we get Michael and Son again, all this, you know, chemistry. But I love how he's like, I want you to watch my son. I go for walk. Michael. Hunt. <laughs> and this is Walt. But he, he doesn't even, like, we know she can understand him. Yeah. Spoiler alert, son can speak English his whole time. But, like, he doesn't explain it well. Like, if I'm trying, if you've been overseas, just <laughs> at places right now where you've been to lots of places where they don't speak your language. If you're trying to do hand signals, he's doing a very poor <laughs> job of that. It's just also, I mean, you've got to commend Michael because, like, wouldn't you give Walt to, like, Bandana Girl or someone who can speak English? Sexy midriff girl. Yeah, so I guess uh, you got to commend him for not being racist and just ignoring the Koreans, but also it seems like a weird thing to have to try and get to explain. He saw that. her boobs. He knows that she's motherly. <laughs> uh, I don't know how that works into it, but... Uh I, my favorite. There's some real motherly boobs. <laughs> yeah. I've seen some boobs in my time. They're real mum's boobs. 
Um, I love, like, I hate Walt. Walt gives me the shit. I don't hate him. That's a that, too far, Ben. Uh, I dislike Walt. He gives me the shits. But I do say I like this scene when, like, Michael walks off and she's all like, I don't know, she speaks Korean. And then Walt's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that little bit. Uh, does, is that in your book? Does it say what she says? Uh yeah, you keep talking. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll put you on the spot I'll there. Uh, we get Claire, who is another one who's really annoying me this time around. Like, Claire was kind of middle of the ground, but I'm finding myself just really easily annoyed by Claire at this point. Uh, excuse me, doctor. You know, oh, how's the baby? Oh, yeah, it's okay. So here's Jack. Four days, hero Jack. You know, worried about this, worried about that. Wouldn't one of the first things he do is check on the pregnant girl? His sister. Yeah, he's... Spoiler. <laughs> um, yeah, like, you would think that would be one of the first things to do. And actually, this is the thing I forgot to raise a couple episodes ago. Can you fly when you're eight months pregnant? No, I don't think you can. But <laughs> we've got to ignore that. Um, do we? <laughs> uh, just to uh, butt in here, we to answer your question. When Michael asks son to watch Walt, she says, I will take care of your son. She then turns to Walt and says, don't worry, your father will be fine. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you for clearing that up. Uh, Kate's basically... Uh, sorry, not Kate. Uh, Claire's wanting to do a memorial, basically saying to like, Jack, will you read nice out idea. these things? Nice idea. And this kind of goes back into the Jack not wanting to be the leader mantra. Because, yeah. I mean, again, fair enough. Why is he expected to do everything? <laughs> um, so he's kind of like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it comes off as such a dick. But I guess it's in his right to not want to yeah. do that. Like, he, he definitely, like... Jack's problem, I think, is he needs to... Like, Jack's like me. He needs to do things in a better way. He means well. And you can understand Jack's point of view. But he doesn't come across... He wouldn't be a very good politician. He'd be, you know, like, No, I don't want tax cuts. No! <laughs> fuck you all, welfare bastards! Like, he's just... He wouldn't be very good. He's not a good... Uh, he's not sympathetic, I guess is the word I'm trying no. to say. But uh, we learned about Steve and Kristen. We're going to get married. They were so in love. And Claire's little uh, thing this episode is she's going to organise and find all passports. And it's a sweet idea, obviously. No, I like that they give Claire something to do. Yeah. And they're obviously going to burn all the bodies, and obviously they're worried about you know their everything along those lines. Uh, we see Jean's girl in midriff. A nice shot of her throwing. I like her. Does she? Does she have a name? Uh, Annie. <laughs> is she okay? Or <laughs> another Annie? Susie. Uh, Rose is by herself. Poor Rose. Uh, and we get our first boon and shattered scene oh, for the I love episode. This, one. this shattered line is so great. But I just love the whole shattered section when he's just like. See that woman over there? Mm. Yeah, she's been sitting there. Like, uh. <laughs> What's a four-letter word for I don't, I don't care? care. <laughs> That's a great line. Why don't you go help him, Captain America? <laughs> <laughs> I just love what's a four-letter word for I don't care. I just love her initial, mm. yeah. Uh, and then, like, talking about the food section and Boone's little quit back, the ocean won't accept your gold card. <laughs> and basically, uh, yeah, Boone's got to go on the hunt. I oh, know he's not. But <laughs> he would like to. He, he wants to be the leader. <laughs> I'll come. I'll get the pig. I'll sniff it out. Where is it? Where's the pig? Where's the pig, Mr. Luck? <laughs> he basically is talking about how, you know, she has to do something and go and get fish. And we know that this is obviously going to lead into Shannon using... I mean, this is what somebody... And this is no disrespect, but, like, that's what someone like Shannon does. She knows that she can get her way because she is hot 
And that's that's sadly how the world works in a lot of ways. People who are good looking, I wouldn't know. I'm not good looking. I've never been able to do it. You obviously did in Europe, but um, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, she just gets ahead in life a lot of the time by using her looks, and she can manipulate people. Because let's be honest, if she came up to us I right now, I would try and catch a fucking bucket load of fish. I would be Charlie, like, oh yeah, my granddad, yeah, all the fish, uh, just chuck it in, fish. I like the bit where Shannon's just like. Hi, what are you doing? You want to come for a walk? Yeah, I'll come for a walk. <laughs> Nearly catches him with the heroin. Oh, God, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> just, this Charlie's just like this little, yeah, I'll come for a walk. <laughs> As if you wouldn't uh, do it. Um, just, I mean, we'll get to that scene in a second. I mean, there's a scene in the middle there with Locke and they're digging in the dirt. And, oh, this, this way because of the tasks. He's <laughs> Superman Locke, uh, you know, knowing everything. Uh, and obviously, we should mention on the hunt, obviously, is Michael, Kate, and Locke, Locke just yeah. in case we didn't see that. Kate always needs to be there. Locke's going to be the hunting, and then it's like, who? what's the random third person we can put in for the week? Oh, Michael hasn't gone on one. Yeah, and uh, unless they've got to kill one of them off. So, oh, let's get Bandana Girl. <laughs> we'll introduce you to her. She's not disposable at all. Um, but, yeah, so we get the, the Shannon Charlie... Uh, Shannon Charlison, yes. Uh, and I like it when they're like walking around. What does he say? Like, can I ask you a question? Oh, I was wondering when this was going to come. <laughs> yes, I'm the best. Do you know how to fish? <laughs> <laughs> I just That's love great. Charlie. Charlie's, oh, God. Uh, and I love the fact that it's like, do you know? Oh, I do. England's an island. I you know, always love to fish. Chuck it in. <laughs> yes. We, we can use that excuse. Tasmania's an island. Uh, just chuck it in. We know, fish. We know what to do. Um,. So, we, we obviously, yeah, Shannon's going to use her abilities to get other people to do stuff for her. So, good for you, Shannon. She's the flirt. She is. And she's, she's allowed she's to. She's poverty. She, <laughs> she's better looking than poverty, let's be honest. Um, would you agree with that? Or? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Download old episodes of Survivor Oz to know who poverty is if you're not a Survivor fan. Um, now, Jack is going through the, the wreckage now. He's got his mask on because, you know, safety first. And here comes little puppy. <laughs> Hi, Jack. How are you? Rose over there. <laughs> they literally just said, Jack, can you read out the names for here? Jack, can you go and talk to Rose? It's like, seriously, everybody is like, Jack, Jack, do everything. I mean, not to jump ahead, but no wonder he's so like out of it next episode. Yeah. You know, everyone's like really getting him to do everything. High pressure, Jack. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Jack... Obviously, I mean, Boone has a point uh, at this point because uh, Boone surprisingly doesn't want to take control for once. He wants to like pass it off to someone else. Cause he's Jack- a racist. He is. So Rose. I'm not going here, Rose. <laughs> Boone the racist. Why? Why, Boone? Because. No, Boone's not a racist. He goes on marches. <laughs> he goes on Black Lives Matter marches. Yeah, he probably does. Like. <laughs> I don't go on marches. <laughs> yeah, you do. Shut up. <laughs> Um, so yeah because Jack saved a life so Jack goes over now am I the one here that kind of gets a slight weird sexual chemistry between Rose and Jack (laughs) I seriously think there is and the love triangle the one thing that I notice here too you're not going to get this reference because you don't have never seen Titanic Jack and Rose the they, two the main main, they are the two main characters from Titanic. Iconic love story. So I do like that they didn't ignore Rose, though. Cause yeah. Rose was in the pilot more than some of the lead characters. So I like that they kind of have a follow-up because Tabula Rasa was so packed with all this stuff. So I like that they did follow up on that Rose storyline. And I, I like Jack here, you know, puts the blanket over his shoulders because, you know, they're on a tropical island, you're cold. <laughs> um, gives her the water and, you know, do you remember me? You know, I'm the one on the plane. And, okay, we don't have to 
talk or just sit? And it's, uh, like, it's a nice moment from Jay. Not a dick moment from Jay. No, he's, he's not like, oh, God, oh, we don't have to talk. Fine. <laughs> just walks off. Don't get to talk to me, Rose. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> um, and then we go back to the little hunt. Uh, and, you know, small talk between Michael and Kate. You know, we learn. Oh, that's nice. I like seeing the characters interact. Well, I like the small talk. The small talk obviously gives us a bit of background on the characters too yeah. before flashback. So we, we've obviously learned for the first time that Michael went to Australia because. Yeah, this is the first time we learned. Yeah. Because we, we learned that this is why maybe the relationship is a bit fractured between him and his oh, son. Oh, well, we learned, uh, Walt said, I lived in Australia with my mum, but I guess it, so we already kind of knew, but I guess it adds a bit more to that. Because well, when people don't listen to children, so <laughs> <laughs> Everyone making down, stuff up. Yeah. So this is, yeah, the first taste that obviously uh, he wasn't in Walt's life and he's I just gone to love Australia. the character, because there's 15 characters, like people complain that this show has too much filler and that, but I love episodes where like, they're just on the beach and we've just got Michael and Kate talking about their lives. Like yeah. I love the characters interacting. And I think this is the thing, like, talking about filler, but, I mean, you've got to imagine in a situation like this, they're not always going to be just, you know, getting chased by monsters and yeah. finding hatches in the ground and stuff like that, you know. Like, they're going to just have small talk. I will be the one defending episodes about Hurley finding vans and stuff like that. I love that, that episode. I like... <laughs> Sure, when the seasons get shorter, it's more focused and stuff like that. But I like that there's 15 characters and we have these episodes where it's, hey, let's build a golf course and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a defender of... I like Character episodes. Yeah, I like the character filler episodes. And that's what I think Lost does well, is it's such a big ensemble cast. You really get to a feel for these characters and... I mean, there are some exceptions, Boone and Shannon, but there's not a lot that really are ignored too much, you know. And yeah. even in the later seasons when we get introduced, obviously, some bigger characters, you know, someone like Ben, who clearly becomes a huge character in this show because he's got such an amazing name. But, uh, you know, like, I mean, it's weird to think at this point, we don't even know who that person is at this point. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think, and we'll talk a lot more about Ben, but it's crazy to think right now we're watching Lost without Ben Linus, like, because mm. he's such an integral part of the show that there is a whole season and a half without him in it. But. Yeah. Um, he's one of the best characters in the show. Probably one of my, if not my favourite character. Not, and not just because he's called Ben. Yeah, ben is amazing. Um, um, Henry I'm excited Gale. to get into Henry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> but I, I do have to say, I will be, so tune out all listeners now, because I will be defending Expose, the Nikki and Paolo episode, where Ooh. Sawyer and Hurley turn into private investigators. Uh, I, talking about filler, that is the ultimate filler episode, but it's great. So. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be with you for that one, but uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, well, for once, the fans will be on your side. The Yeah, that's a rare, rare, <laughs> rare occasion, so I look rare. forward to that. So I'm, I'm the hipster to. of the Oz Network. I'm always going, you know, Die Another Day is a good film. <laughs> um, uh, actual sentence previously uttered by Ben Waterworth. Um, but yeah, so we, we get sort of the filler, you know, and then I love Michael. So what were you doing in Australia? Shh! Ball marking. <laughs> like, oh, saved lucky, by the bell. Oh, just because I killed someone. Uh, oh, well, did she? I don't know. Tax I fraud. Taxi, yeah. Downloaded uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. She really could just tell them, oh, yeah, it was tax fraud. Like, like they don't. They're never, the marshal's dead. They could, she could just say, yeah, I'm not dangerous. It was... White collar crimes might need US yeah, I marshals. I got involved in a... There was this guy. I got involved and I shouldn't have done it. I defrauded the Australian government. <laughs> have you seen that episode of The Simpsons? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I went there to get the gumboots. Although it's a good point. Like a US marshal travelling to Australia for... I, I outplayed an Australian in Knifey Spoonie. <laughs> I would have called him Chaz Wazza. <laughs> Oh, when are we going to do The Simpsons? Oh, God. Can we just stop at, like, season 10? Yeah. <laughs> yeah we don't need to get up to, like, season Even eight. Six. If we're really getting... <laughs> just do the Australian if episode. If we're really getting picky, eight. <laughs> yeah. And the movie. Um, 
Now, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Oh, we're the flashback. So, uh, oh, hang on, hang on. No, 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 no. I'm jumping ahead there because obviously they're looking for the ball. They've found the ball marking. There's a bit of quietness in the jungle. Locke giving, you know, these signals. And I love Michael. What, do you, what does he actually say? He's like, stop giving me signals or something like that. Oh, and then the ball comes running out. I love, that's me on a walk. What are you saying? Ah! <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what you're saying right now. The ball like takes out Michael. And he's ah! Ah! First time on the trek, joining the away team, hit by a ball. I just love Michael on the ground. Ah! 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 Everyone survived a freaking polar bear. Michael gets hit by a ball. Me, I'm wanting to get in there with a coconut. Ah, my head! <laughs> Meanwhile, someone's got their arm ripped off by a polar bear, and they're just got a bandaid on and going, "Suck it up, Ben." <laughs> um, but we obviously have like Locke laying on the ground, and we've got to, you know, oh god, maybe he's got um, no feeling in his legs again or something. Like he's doing this weird thing, looking at his feet again. The shoe thing. He's got a foot fetish. Um, but uh, we cut back to the flashback, and here's Locke with his friend, and they're playing a little military game on their but It's kind of cute. I like his friend. Little old, you know, it's nerdy guy. He can do whatever he I wants. I can play a game if I want, Randy. Yeah, it is cute. I like it. And uh, Randy the dick going through his desk, and, you know. Oh, Randy. <laughs> fuck you, Randy. He's just the worst. How did Hurley give him this job? You had oh, no man. right going through my desk. Like, you were just so bad for Locke. You were just uh, being bullied at work. I looked through your file. You were never in the army, Colonel. And then we mentioned we hear Helen for the first name. Oh, there's actually a girl. Like, yeah, come on, Randy. Fuck, where's... I think Randy's single. I think Randy should be like called up at the HR department and put before a <laughs> review panel. <laughs> That's workplace bullying. <laughs> Definitely. Like, they should say something about Randy. He would not get away with this in 2017. I mean, you know, I in the precious world we live in now. I think Randy is closeted. Yeah. <laughs> do you think? Do you get no, those look, vibes? I get a bit of that, and that's not anything about against. Nothing wrong with it. It's more like the whole. Oh, you've got a woman in your life, and he's like, "What's it like?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's 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 bullying. I think he, he's hiding something. He's one of those like douchey bro guys who are like, "Oh yeah, you're gay, haha," and secretly he's gay. It's it's, yeah. it's overcompensating because they're ashamed that no one will accept them. If he's not gay, then he's definitely uh, hiding something. This is where we then go into our Inception flashbacks that we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> now we get a flashback sh- on the flashback on the flashback. And we got a Randy one with his boyfriend. Yeah. And he's just sitting at work. I don't know why I do it, Steve. <laughs> I just, why am I so mean to Locke? I just Locke? can't help it. I really like Locke. He's such a nice guy, but it just comes out of me. I just get angry and I'm, I'm going to get fired. Steven. Please, Steve, stop me. It's all right, babe. Is this the same Steve from Steve and Christian? Yes. Oh. <laughs> it's all interconnected. <laughs> yeah, everyone talks about all the little dots in Lost and Randy and Steve from Steve and Christian. We, we need to do this flashback. So back to, uh, you know, Ray's arm getting chopped <laughs> off. We see it like falling off and in comes Randy going, oh, you're so useless. You can't even get an arm. No, it's the guy from the walkabout tour. Yeah. <laughs> We have a certain standard here on the walkabout <laughs> tour. You can't come, Ray. I'll get you a plane back to 100 kilometres from Melbourne. <laughs> on my own dime. <laughs> anyway, out of the Inception flash. <laughs> back to the lock flash. If we had the skills and the, the patience to edit this, we would put in little sound effects, but let's be honest, we're lazy. Um, we, we, we find out that he's booked it. He's booked his, his walkabout tour. And uh, he's got he's actually got, doing it. He's got vacation time, so he's going to do it. Um, and then he mentions something about it being destiny. And then we get the first bit of 
you can't do that or something like that. And we get the first, don't tell me what I can't do. I mean, Randy is a dick, but he's right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's in a wheelchair. Well, because this is our first clue, isn't it? Where we get the the Norman guy, how he, you know, double amputee. And then what is he, even when he says the word walkabout, the way he kind of says, you're going on a walkabout. Yeah, it's like, this is ultimate clue that uh, Locke has, is in a wheelchair. But, I mean, Randy is exactly correct. Like, He just needs to do it. A, he's a Jack Shepard here right now. No sympathy. <laughs> uh, no bedside manner. But it's it's also like when you watch this back knowing the twist at the end, it makes Randy twice as worse. Like, yeah. <laughs> you think again, he's just being a dick because he's old, but he's um, being a dick because he's disabled and old. And I really don't want to take, about, take away from Locke's character because... Um, uh, Locke is amazing, but sorry, keep talking. I'll find this. But he's he's trying to find something in your book, folks. Uh, with the Norman Crowder thing, is that uh, yeah, here we go. So Locke is a know-all, and he knows everything. And I love Locke, but I, I, this is a flaw, flaw on the writers, or it just makes Locke like an old gummy Joe dumb dumb. <laughs> um. So, obviously, to avoid ruining the big... Oh, no, I'm reading the wrong thing. Also, Locke tells the story of Norman Croucher, a man who, despite having two artificial legs, managed to climb Mount Everest. However, Croucher has never climbed Mount Everest. He climbed the Andes, the Himalayas, and several other large mountains, but never Everest. Why would Locke get the detail like this wrong? It seems like the writers haven't done their research. Oh, hashtag Sassy Saeed from Nikki Stafford there. I mean, I can understand that, but also like that's kind of like what is one of those? Is that not like one of those little things that like you might have a story about something, and you, you I mean, it's all sometimes good to get it. Like you, quote, I'll quote something from Lost, and be like, yeah, I absolutely remember this episode. And you're like, oh, actually, Ben, no, that's not right. Like it's one of those things that you know. Yeah, but I mean, that's a bit nitpicky, Nikki. That's something <laughs> we would do. <laughs> it is Nikki picky, but. Nikki um, <laughs> Something um, a Nick pickier, <laughs> but I guess like it does take it away a bit because Locke, like Locke, wouldn't make mistakes like that. But that is a nitpick. But just a fun fact for anyone who watches. Yeah, I mean, well, look, you know, I, I guess I shouldn't judge. We nitpicked shit out of so many things. Randy's goatee is horrible. Yeah, Randy's just a horrible person. He's ugly. He loses the goatee <laughs> later on. Randy is a type of person that doesn't tip. Uh, just, <laughs> that's the, the go-to line. Uh, anyway, so we're back to uh, real time. And um, Locke is finally... I love how, like, Kate, let's be honest, bit of a dick to group group walkabouts. Let's go back to the first episode. Jack, Jack, Jack. I'm Charlie, by the way. Uh, this time around, Michael, Michael, Michael. Oh, Locke, are you okay? <laughs> Poor old gummy Joe. Uh, what did she do? She must have done something on the second one as well with the the hiking team. I'm sure that she did something as well. But <laughs> yeah, Bo- Boone's the one that's ignored. <laughs> she invites herself on and then she's just horrible. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously Locke gets her. I'm fine, Helen. I just got the window there. What? You just called me Helen. Did I? Like, <laughs> he's got I'm al- Kate, by the way. <laughs> he's got Alzheimer's. old gummy Joe. <laughs> Well, I mean, you don't you don't know this guy. You've met him two days ago. Like, you don't know he might. Um, but it's like, ooh, who was Helen? Michael's grunting. Uh, <laughs> and Locke's just basically like, oh, I'm going to go hunt the boar. <laughs> I'm going to get the boar. Yeah, good idea. You take the <laughs> The thing, though, with like Locke's character is it's kind of like, it's funny when you nitpick, like, you know, Kate, I'm Charlie, by the way. And it's kind of, it's not a thing. But Lockie's the loner. Lockie's kind yeah. of the, the go-to loner who will do things like this. It is kind of weird. Um... That they call them Locke. 
They don't call anyone else by their last name. Like, Locke is a great name, but it's like, why do they call him Locke? Sawyer? Yeah, but that's not his last name. That's a nickname. True. Um, Shepard. <laughs> yeah, like Reyes, Austin. Austin. Like, well, it just everyone's propsting him. Uh, Hua Quan. <laughs> Su Quan. What's Hurley's last name? Reyes. 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 Come over here. Um, Linus. Linus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nikki and Paolo's last name. <laughs> Fernandez. T- TV's Kimberly Jones. <laughs> J- Chandler. Yeah, Ch- Chandler. Cindy. Cindy Chandler. I yeah. prefer Ross. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Say, so, what's his last name? Giraffe. Giraffe. Giraffe! <laughs> Sounds like a giraffe. Um, it's weird, but I don't mind it, but it's just kind of random. But even like Randy calls him Locke and everyone. Um, Sounds cool though. Is it a deleted scene or is it in this episode and I just forgot uh, where they talk about John Locke and he says, oh, my parents had a sense of humour because obviously John Locke is a quite famous philosopher. Um, Glad you know that. <laughs> never clue. <laughs> well, every time I've heard it in like uni and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, it's Locke. I had no oh. clue. <laughs> I've never done philosophy in my life. Wow. I, I guess I'm going to blow your mind in episode nine when I tell you about Jean-Jacques Rousseau. Okay, just stop Frenching me up. Let's just be honest and just clarify the difference between Noah and myself. Noah gets the philosopher <laughs> reference. I get the Titanic <laughs> reference. <laughs> Oh, yeah, famous philosopher. Fucking Jack and Rose from Titanic. <laughs> but, I mean, obviously that's either a deleted scene or another episode then when Locke says that. I think I I think I remember seeing this. I might be in another episode. but um, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, obviously John Locke. <laughs> now, we're, the philosopher. We're going to call him John. Walks in, old gummy Joe walks into the forest and uh, Kate says, John, you can't. He says, she says, John there. Don't, Don't tell, tell me, me what, what I can't, can't do. do. <laughs> Going Every after the ball. Do love Hurley and Charlie's little fishing trip. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> this That's is just a humorous scene. Fucking Hurley. Damn it, crap, son of a bitch! <laughs> I think they were laughing in real life. I think, because those two are friends, I think they're just. Seems a bit ad lib this one, Yeah, I it? think they're just literally like laughing. And this is kind of the birth of the Charlie Hurley friendship because they never like go out of their way to like. It's not like the love triangle where they go out of the way to focus on it. But I like the Charlie Hurley friendship because they're characters that would be friends. I, I think. think we need to establish, like, as well as our characters that we like across this and don't like, but our, our little intertwined friendships, you know, like... Yeah. I, I, yeah, like... I like that Lost does that, that there's different people who don't really rea- uh, interact and then there's little friends like Charlie and Hurley. And yeah, just just random little side bits there. So, yeah. Good. Michael and Son. Not, not, a, not a whole lot really there besides the fish. It's funny. Uh, but then, uh, what have we got? I've got here Claire. Oh, so, so uh, yeah. No, so, yeah. so uh, Claire's found the... This is, just I don't know what it is about Claire that's really annoying me. Just the way she's like... Excuse me, is your name Saeed? Yeah, and, and she is Australian, but she yeah. sounds weird. She sounds like, bo- she's bogan Australian. Yeah, she is bogan. She, she's, I mean, look, it's, I feel bad because like, I don't really dislike Claire. She's just annoying. She's just there. She's just, she's just, yeah. And like the thing, because we, we get very little Claire flashbacks from memory, don't yeah, we? Yeah, there's uh, three of them. Because she, she does disappear for a long time. A whole season. Yeah, so it's kind of like, oh, there Yeah, they goes. just don't know what to do with her character. That being said, I'm really looking forward to getting to the first Claire uh, flashback raised by another with the psychic and stuff mm. like that because I think that's a brilliant episode yeah no I agree I like that one um, yeah I've literally written here Claire Saeed found this thank you Claire is annoying it's a Muslim woman 
That's what I have written. Oh, my God. That is my notes. You are a horrible person, Ben. But, yeah, um, we, we see Nadia for the first time. Yeah. Spoiler alert, that woman in that photo is called Nadia. I really like, you notice in episode three and four, like episode three, they were kind of setting up some of the lock stuff. I really like that, obviously, by this point, they had picked up the show for 12 episodes or something, and then after it airs, then they give it like nine more. Or whatever. Wasn't it after White Rabbit they renewed it? I was reading yeah, that something on something. Like that. Yeah. So they picked it up for a first season, but not the full 24 episodes. Um, so but I, so obviously they knew like the story arc of yeah, up to like Claire getting kidnapped or something. So they knew that Spoiler. some of these um, things were coming up. So I really like that they're starting to plant these seeds in here of, well, here's Nadia, but they never like, Go out of their way. Oh, this is Nadia, blah, blah, blah. They're just planting these seeds. And what's of- good about it too is like kind of going back to our very first lock one with the whole, you know, there's light and dark and how kind of, you know, that's tied in and you can have theories or not whether or not that was purposely done. But to me it seems like a point where even if these were things that are, they knew that they might not last, they've still – there's somebody, like I think you mentioned in one of the episodes, they've got a little book. So they in season five, they can go back to, yeah. oh, hang on a minute, what did we say about Nadia? Oh, he's a picture of it. Okay, so they make sure the continuity is there. Yeah, and just a fun fact is when they filmed this, uh, they hadn't cast, the, I'm forgetting her name, I always, Andrea, someone, Gabriel maybe? Um, that's probably wrong. But they hadn't cast Nadia yet, so the woman in the picture was not the actress who played Nadia. They look the same. Um, no, no, it is on the show because oh, right, they digitally okay. replaced it. But when they filmed oh, this, okay, got you. Um, it was a different it, person. It, it wasn't actually. Well, Nadia. that's just jumping ahead a little bit to this episode. Did I read something that that's not John Terry when we yeah, see the yeah. man in the? Yeah, that in this episode is not. It's John not John Terry. Terry. It looks a lot casting. like John Terry, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Bit. And then there's little things like we hear Bernard's voice on the radio in this season. It's not... Um, so they went Bernard. all uh, George Lucas and went back and uh, re-edited it, special editions. <laughs> yeah, so they George Lucas, Nadia. Um, <laughs> and then the other one is the famous picture of Desmond and Penny uh, on the original broadcast, not even like before it broadcast. It wasn't Cynthia Watchers, um No, not Cynthia Watchers. Yeah, Cynthia Watchers, who plays uh, Penny. It's like some random woman. Um but they changed it for the DVD. One thing I want to quickly point out that I think it's Lost... It's not Cynthia Watchers. So. Lost does amazingly is all the, the romantic relationships in this show, particularly the pre-established ones coming into it, um, they're done so well. There's there's very few couples on this show that you do not feel the, the that they're perfect for each other. And you get... I, this is just me, maybe, because I'm more... I don't know if I'm more of an emotional guy than you know, but like, you know, like the whole when we eventually get to the say Nadia stuff... Sonia Welga, sorry. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, just yeah, there's just yeah. done so well, and like the whole Desmond and and Penny's of Penny. oh, Sun and Jin. Like it just just thinking about yeah. some of the stuff they always really makes me tear all, up. They really know, but um, but that's why I'm going to be raging at the Saeed Shannon stuff coming up. But we don't want to talk about Saeed. We'll save that for solitary. But yeah, it just it's just so it's done so well, and just oh, when we get to Desmond and I'm Penny, so for Desmond. Des- oh. I love Desmond. Oh, so I'm so my brother. Um, <laughs> oh, just the Desmond, Pe- Desmond Petty to me, maybe the greatest yeah, they, TV couple in TV yeah, history. Almost, they are like the true romance of this show. They like, just forget uh, Jack and Kate. Like. Yeah, like, but I mean, even we'll get to like our Jack and Kate and spoiler alert, Sawyer and Kate and Jack and Juliet and <laughs> Sawyer and Juliet. <laughs> um, just everybody, Hurley and um, what's her name? Libby. Libby. Oh, Michael Libby. and Son. My. <laughs> Walton Locke, Hurley and Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Walton Locke, the true romance. Are there any gay characters on Lost? 
No, because we were talking about diversity, and there is one, uh, you know, Mr. Friendly, Tom, the guy with the beard who takes Walt. Um, he is gay, but he's kind of a minor character. Um, so, yeah, we talked about diversity last episode or in the pilot, and that's kind of the one thing they missed. There is no real gay characters in In fair, and this is... The times are still a little bit still... Yeah, now there would definitely... Now there would be, but, I mean, you think back to 2004 television, you know, I mean, Will and Grace were still kind of at the peak of having... Like, things like Queer as Folk were only just coming out about then, so, you know, I, I still think we weren't at that point where that was a major, major thing as much as... Yes, it would be. Today, you definitely would. Um, but I mean, and it's not, it's not, we can't criticize Lost, I feel, for that because it's more, again, no, it, it it's the time. But, but I mean, for a show that's so ethnically diverse. Yeah, it is weird. Um, yeah, it would have been nice, but yeah, Tom Friendly and Arturo are our only gay couple, that famous couple in Lost. Isn't, isn't Juliet, isn't there a, no, that's a sister, never mind. <laughs> oh, I want to see that episode of Lost. <laughs> I missed that flashback. I always wish Kate and Claire had a bit of a thing. <laughs> Oh, Shannon joined in because they were bored. Yeah, so. well, there's <laughs> Jack and Juliet, and then there's Sawyer and Juliet. There's Jack and Kate. Sawyer and Kate. Where's Kate and Juliet? Whew. Oh goodness I me! See that one. Where's our side Inception flashbacks going on here? <laughs> uh, so where have I, have I skipped up here? Hang on a second. What are we, are we talking about? Lost? Are we? Oh, we're back to Saeed no, and Nadia. Yeah. We've said so. We, we basically bit of a sidetrack. Envelope there, the photo. Um, it's it's. I just love the look on Saeed's face. He's just like, oh, I thought I'd lost. Oh, it's so sweet. Uh, so we get Rose and Jack again. Uh, I do. I like Rose. You know, uh, you don't have to keep your promise anymore, Doctor. And it's like, oh, what promise is that? You said you'd keep me company until my husband came back. But uh, basically, this is uh, where... Is this where we get her saying my husband's still alive? No, I'm oh, jumping ahead. End, yeah. But we can talk about that. Right. We'll connect them all together. I mean, it's kind of... Yeah, this is one of those moments I think we can kind of just lump their storyline together. So, obviously, this will lead um, then to the real big revelation about this is Rose is adamant that her husband is not dead. Because, obviously, Jack's kind of implying about, like, oh, we're about to do this ceremony. And I love Rose's, I'd like to be there for that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but look, and that's, I'm not trying to say she's a bad actress. I think the, the actress, and you probably got that in front of me. I don't know her name off the top of my head, but, uh, um, it's L. Scott Carlwell. She's amazing. Like, she, uh, yeah, I mentioned she was really in The good. Fugitive. She's been in lots of things. But, like, I think she does this scene so well, just kind of the, the shocked, you know, the hopeful. And we, I think we kind of are thinking that, yeah, she's just in shock. She's lost her husband. But then we get this real, real, like, he's not really dead. And, like, spoiler alert, we know he's not really dead because he, Spoiler alert, he's not dead. But, yeah. like, I think I remember watching this and thinking, oh, isn't that sweet? Yeah. Like, she's. <laughs> oh, oh, Rose. Like, but, like, oh. I think because I, I maybe, you know, watching this for the first time wasn't necessarily thinking of the whole mystery. And I, I think, did anybody at this point think the tail section was well, still there? I always feel so dumb when I watch it back because, like, I should have thought, oh, what happened to the tail section? But I never, it never, same. I always just, they, they crashed it. Completely they died. Same. And I should have, but. And that was a, such a shock when we get to season two. I'm like, oh. And I, I, I will say, when that came about, I hated it at first. I'm thinking, oh, oh really? bullshit. This is ridiculous. If they survived. But now I, I love oh, it. I, love I it. think I it's think brilliant. It's one of the best and I think, And I think kind of knowing what we know now too is that Rose sums it up perfectly. When, you know, uh, it's like, oh, they're all dead, Rose. I'm like, well, that's probably, probably they're thinking about us yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, like, that's when I, it should have clicked on everyone's head that, oh, the tail's it. But, um, and the other thing we have to remember here, because we're watching this fresh, but we're watching it with the knowledge of this entire show, and 
this is the woman who's like Locke. She was also cured. She had cancer. Mm. And maybe she doesn't know it at this point, but a miracle happened to her as well. So it makes sense that she would be adamant that Bernard is alive. But I, I was like you. Yeah, I remember watching that. Oh, oh blessed little soul. Bless, do bless do we get a Rose and um, Bernard flashback episode? Yeah, there's one. There SOS is. in season two. Right. I thought that because I me- vaguely remember them being in the outback. Is that where they're trying to find the healer doctor or yeah, something Isaac like that? The I can't wait to Bernard. I fucking love Bernard. Bernard, <laughs> Bernard is amazing. And just, there's a twist with Bernard. Just a side question. I know we're, we're stretching this a little bit, but but chrono- with chronological lost, how yeah. do they get around the tail sections episode? compared to this because obviously the tail section episode is happening at the same time as this is all happening well there's actually multiple there's chronological loss there's lost chrono and there's lost in chronological order of course there's more <laughs> I, than one. I watched lost in chronological order um basically because we know what days because in the other 48 days the tail section it says like day one and then they'll show it day seven so they basically just edit it as if they've been in the cast the entire time. So that's oh, really okay. that's clever. That's why not only are you watching the flashbacks before the island, it's really cool because you get to see like Anna Lucia and Libya and Bernard as if they were just in the cast the whole time. I want to do it. I, I really am thinking yeah, about watching it because I think, it because I think it's a it clever way of doing it. Yeah, and what was great about Lost Chrono, <laughs> getting sidetracked, is um, they included all the deleted scenes and stuff like that into it. So you're really getting... Uh, like a complete kind of the expanded edition. And uh, we also realised too that there, uh, with the 30,000 Lost podcasts out there, there are a few actually that are podcasting it chronologically. Yeah, I actually sure. found one the other day that had obviously completed the whole thing. They'd done like 112 episodes or something like that. But uh, anyway, so... Like, but uh, I think you know, the deleted scenes is a really cool one because there's a reason why those scenes were deleted, but I think they add so much. There's like little character moments, so... It's sad that we're not actually watching it with the deleted. I wish that was an option on DVDs. But um. there are some. There are. Um, I can't remember what TV show it was. I remember ones I had on DVD, but you could include the deleted scenes. It was quite cleverly done. Actually, but, uh, just to wrap that up, lost chronologically lost. The reason I didn't watch that is literally they show scenes that are happening at the same time at the same time. So. So they like put them side by side on the screen. They put them side by side on the screen. You can't even understand what anyone's well, saying. that's a bit silly. So they've technically done it correctly. They've technically done it, but... They'll be a little bit too anal yeah. with that. Anyway, um, moving on. Which yeah, so we've, we've wrapped up Jack and Rose. So obviously, we, yeah, she's believing her wife. So we're going very long here, but we'll some of this stuff... It's walkabout. It's in a classic. Yeah. Um, so and we oh, just one thing I mentioned there with Jack is kind of... We are talking about this little side conversation, you know, but we, we get a bit of an inkling here about... Jack says, uh, I was born into the family business. And this is obviously where we get the first time where Jack sees the man in the forest. We don't know who it is yet. Uh, it's clearly movies, um, uh, Felix Leiter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll get to John Terry in the next episode, of course. Um, but, yeah, we also, so with our flashback, um, we now get Locke on the bed, on the phone to Helen. And you just think, oh, he's chatting to his oh, girlfriend. His yeah. girlfriend. Yeah. You know, oh, do you remember that uh, walkabout, authentic Australian walkabout? <laughs> it's only what you've been talking about for the last three weeks. <laughs> oh, hashtag sassy Helen. Um, yeah, and it's, this is, oh, this hurts my feelings so much because this is me. This is like getting your hopes up for somebody and then you find out it's just a sex line worker yeah. talking for eight months and then she's just a dick to him, like... God, Locke is such a oh. loser, and it just breaks my heart. <laughs> but like, I, he really, his life is just so. Can I? Horrible. Can I just? Can I just jump jump to the defense here of Locke and people think? No, I don't mean it as. Like, no, no, no. But like, I just want to say this: like, Helen's a bit of a dick. If you've been having this customer for eight months, 
And you don't think that he's going to get a bit connected? Clearly he's not jacking off to you right now, Helen. You're having a deep and meaningful conversation. Fuck you, Helen. <laughs> like you're a, you're a you're a mean person. You're a Randy. <laughs> yeah, everyone in Lost uh, Locke's life is a Randy. But what I don't like about this is, um, I don't know if like he, he's paid her to let her him call her Helen, or if he specifically looked for a sex worker called Helen. But I, this never sits well with me that because obviously Helen will go on in further flashbacks to be his past girlfriend who leaves him. Um, Peg so, Bundy, yeah, or Leela, yeah. um, <laughs> either or. <laughs> you take your pick. So obviously, Sons of anarchy woman, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or her. Um, what, what's the actress's name? I've forgotten. Oh, TV's famous TV's Peg Bundy. Who's Peg Bundy? Uh, oh, I'll look it up. You, you keep talking. She's one of those. Actors she's got such a everything. She's so well known. Um, iconic <laughs> voice. Um, I love her. She's great. But it's just it never sits well with me that. Helen, he goes so crazy that he gets a sex worker named Helen or something. Katie Seagal. Yeah, Katie Seagal. Um, Sorry, Katie Seagal, if you're listening. Yeah, that never... Like, it's sad and it really, really shows the character who is not this hunter that we think he is, but I don't know. I think... I think... I I agree with you, but I also think it does... Yeah, the sadness of his character and just how... Like, I don't want to say pathetic. Uh, Yeah, pathetic. Well, I mean, I think that's a bit mean, but like... (laughs) But no, it's... I, I... I think another thing that we'll obviously talk a lot about this, and we're not going to this episode, we're already going on sidetrack, but like, as well as our favourite characters, I always find it a fun sort of thing to see characters you really connect with and you real feel, feel a personal connection to. And a lot of me is Locke. And I'm not just saying that to like poke fun at myself. There is a, seriously a lot of Locke that I really feel interconnected to. And this scene, just like, it, it does cut me. I'm not, I'm not just admitting I call up phone sex lines to talk to people <laughs> yeah, and you're buy the to, tickets to Australia. about to get a revelation here. Um, I um, look, Yeah, without going into too much details, I do get a bit of connection here with Locke. Did you? Buys no, a ticket to Australia <laughs> for... Uh, does he get a refund at least? <laughs> yeah, I bought two tickets. Like, oh. Oh. But did you notice the machine next to his bed? You know what I always think that machine is? I always think there's a CB radio. <laughs> I, I I never clicked with me that's a medical machine. I think he's like, remember that was used to be a thing? Like, you'd have CB yeah. radio, people back before, like, the internet. That was like, you'd have, like, yeah, anyway. But, like, uh, I always just assumed that's what it was. Uh, yeah, but it's a nice little touch because it's, like, right in our face and we just don't even notice. You don't even notice that Locke hasn't stood up. Exactly. Once in this, it's genius. It's, this, I cannot say good enough. Things it's kind of like one of those things when, like, like if a character's pregnant, and they'll go out of their way to hide their bottom half of them, and you don't know. Like, I know on Third Watch, they deliberately did that with Molly Price's character in one of the seasons because she was pregnant, so they basically wrote into it that she had an injury, so she was in oh. bed all the time. And if you didn't know that in real life the actress was pregnant, you would never yeah, think about that twice. Gillian Anderson gets abducted by aliens for yeah. four episodes. Or There's something. so many sort of things that they do that with sort of um. female actresses. But, yeah, like, you're right. Like, you, it doesn't click with you. Until all of a sudden, yeah, we haven't seen him stand up at all. Is this not one of the most well-crafted episodes of television ever? Absolutely. Like, this episode is so well-crafted. And this is the thing that, um, I mean, we talk a lot about Nip, Tuck and Third Watch, how we feel those shows didn't get the credit they deserve. It's kind of the opposite with Lost. uh, Lost got a lot of awards, and we'll obviously talk about this throughout the episodes, but this was just thoroughly rewarded for its work, and rightfully so. This and I think this is the unfair criticism that Lost gets about, oh, it's it got convoluted, it just got lost in itself and the mysteries and all this sort of stuff. Right. But, like, you've got to understand the 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 effort and just the amount of, like, how intelligent this show and was. The characters. And, and for a network show. For a network show. Yeah, there was no show where twists like this happened. This, is a cable, this should be a cable show. Yeah. Well, the, 
it, that's a debate for another time. But would Lost have been better on a cable? Um, I, I, I can talk about that. One thing I'd say was that the only difference you'd have between this and a cable show would be more gore, more nudity, more swearing. Lily's boobs. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it would have. Been Hurley's better. boobs. <laughs> Anyway, we're getting well sidetracked here, but obviously, sad lock. He's, you know, we, we find out Helen's nothing more than a sex line worker, and uh, sadly, he's going to lose some money out in his ticket to Australia. Um, and just, that's a dick line from Helen. Find a therapist. Fuck you. And then when, even when he says, you know me better than anyone else, it's like, oh, that hurts. Like, you're a... Yeah, You're a dick, really Helen. Punching us with the feels. Yeah. Um, I was literally, literally written here. Does Locke get his money back? <laughs> um, There's one for our mysteries. Kate, Kate, and Michael walking around. I love the line from Michael that he says, "Oh, doesn't the guy with the gimpy leg get to decide when we rest?" I, I like Michael's underrated. Yeah, he's got some funny lines. Michael's kind of like almost an almost boon in some ways that I feel he gets ignored, but obviously Michael obviously becomes a big player. Yeah, he probably shouldn't have shot those girls. But. No, but like, I, I, there's a tragedy of Michael though. Yeah, like, I think there's a lot to talk about him. When we Michael's like redeeming episode. himself, but then just so much shit happens to him in his efforts to redeem himself. And Yeah, I've got some stuff to talk about Michael. But. I like Michael. Um... Kate climbs up the tree with the bell. Uh, the, well, the I've written the belt because I like that scene which he's doing about Mark's like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like he's panicked about naked women. He's already seen one woman <laughs> topless. Oh, not another one. <laughs> can't handle it. Maybe Michael's gay. <laughs> uh, we know he had sex at least once. He's got a child. But um, yeah. obviously up the tree and the monster's back and she drops the antenna, which can I just say... I want to just get to this scene right now. Dick Saeed moment, which she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I broke it. Oh, <laughs> guys, I'm the effort. <laughs> don't have any wires and no equipment. But he does calm himself down pretty quickly. <laughs> calm, Saeed. Yeah. Count to ten. One, Count, two. Think of Nadia. Think of Nadia. <laughs> yeah. I think we've kind of covered that scene already. I just wanted to get to Dick Saeed moment. It's rare. But... um. Yeah, the, the, I love, what was Kate's line? I'm a good tree climber. I've climbed worse. Should have taught Boone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but, um, uh, we, we, yeah, we see the monster. Is this where Locke confronts the monster or am I yeah. jumping ahead? Oh, we, God, we, I love this scene. Especially Locke, in context of the later show. Locke sees the monster. Yeah. Uh, we don't see the monster, but We're the look genius. on Locke's face. But yeah, yeah exactly. As you said, the future. Just remember this scene. When it comes to the monster and everything, what happens with the monster? So, but I, I think, I mean, you say remember it, but I think it's almost worth talking about now because, obviously, when this was written, they didn't know everything about the monster. They didn't know that Terry O'Quinn would be playing the monster. Um, <laughs> which that's just how bizarre Lost is. We can say that right now that Terry O'Quinn plays the monster later on in this show. Or does the monster play? Him? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. But this is where it's really fun to look back on now because it's kind of. Fan, fan theories and maybe you could say it's not even fan theory maybe this is intentional like retconning later on is the monster is clearly sizing up Locke he doesn't kill Locke um, there's kind of a theory or just a thing of is the monster playing Locke from this moment is Locke under the influence through the entire series of the monster because we see him do some really rash things later on like he blows up a sub and he does some really questionable things that maybe this is the moment where the monster is playing Locke from the get-go and throughout this whole series. He he later takes the form of Locke and he clearly has some sort of obsession with Locke and Locke looks in and sees a white light and later he talks about seeing the eye of the island. Um, mm. He saw something beautiful there. I think in some ways maybe the monster is 
influencing Law. Maybe not complete control where he's like a puppet, but like influencing Law. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I never kind of thought about too much about that way, but um, yeah, obviously later on when it, he becomes the monster, it's um. But yeah, I mean, we all remember. I remember this scene because it's kind of like, oh, he's seen it. What does it look like? Again, we still have no idea what this monster yeah. looks like. It's great that we don't see it. There, yeah, it's it's very Steven Spielbergy. You know, yeah. Jaws. You know, don't reveal it halfway through it. Um, so we then cut back to the beach. I like Sawyer when he brings the wallet. So, oh, I found, I, I got, uh, oh, just no, take these. It's a nice little touch. <laughs> yeah, obviously he's it been. It shows he's softer, so. Grave, grave digging. Um, <laughs> then we get Sun and, um, and Walt. Chia. With the, <laughs> toothpaste. the toothpaste. Uh, and then Michael comes back and for the first time Walt shows interest in, Dad! <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. Your leg's messed up. Where's Mr. Locke? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was it Sawyer? The Mighty Hunter returns. What's for dinner? Shut up! <laughs> what does she say? Like, leave it alone. Um, and why have I written here? The bold guy didn't come back. Oh, that's Boone and Shannon, isn't it? The what? The bold guy didn't come back. That's oh, right. Yeah, that's yeah, Boone yeah. and Shannon. Oh, uh, I've just written here. Like, what? I'm like, hang on a minute. This is the best scene in the whole thing. Not really, but <laughs> like, you know, Boone's all like, "Well, we won't. We'll die if we don't eat or something." I was that Shannon says that, and then this is where obviously Charlie, Charlie comes up with yeah. the fish. This it's is like a great little scene. I caught this boy with Shannon's like, ah, and then Boone's just like, unbelievable, unbelievable. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, like this is the one time where Boone's not like puppy dog. Boone's Boone has done this multiple times. I apologise to guys, but we see this obviously in the flash. Yeah, we actually see it happen once, but. Uh, I've written this quote, and I'm and obviously it's Shannon, but I can't remember what the, she says. Oh, go rescue a baby bird yeah, that's, or something. That was my because that's what when, does Boone say for her to say? I forget because I think this is when they have their argument, and she just gets like she's just getting huffed at him because he's basically like, I apologize. Why are you apologizing? Oh, oh, go rescue a baby bird or something, you know? Because Captain America, it's you know, a, it's a really funny thing, but it's a weird C C plot line for such a highly regarded Lost episode that. No one remembers the we do the Charlie Shannon fish, <laughs> like because people think about walkabout and the twist and the lock stuff and that, but it's kind of weird. See the storyline. I think as one. much as I like, I, we will keep going on about the, how these two basically get forgotten about, and you can kind of see why they're written now because there really isn't a lot to be no. done with these two no. in terms of the grand overall scheme of loss, which is sad because they're so great. And I, I can't wait. I, that story you told me about Ian Summerholder, how he was so committed to this show, he bought himself a house oh. in Hawaii, little real life puppy in Summerholder, <laughs> and they fired him. <laughs> more tragic than Locke, I think. Um, but like the thing that I love about. Um, uh, Boone and Shannon is just this this constant like obviously Boone loves and cares so much for his sister and this constant always has to like rescue her when she's in need but in the other times you know she's just a bitch to him because you know she's just how she is and this sets this up because like yeah as you said he's used to like apologising to other guys because as we go back to the point where we see like she's going to use guys she's going to use her looks to get what she wants that's what she does but there's a bit of a sympathetic character inside of her as we will see in some glimmers yeah but um yeah, I mean, it's just, as much as I want to see more of these two and I wish they stuck around for longer, there's really not anything you could have done with these two. No, and um, we'll see that in their flashback episode. Yeah, anyway. But uh, <laughs> go rescue a baby bird or something. I fucking love Shannon and Boone. They're the best. Um, so, uh, we've gone over that scene. We've gone over Saeed Chucks a Tanty. <laughs> I've literally written Saeed Chucks a Tanty. Um... We'll try it again. I'm not a big. I'm not big at rubbing it in. What? I don't understand what that is. I don't know what I've written there. Um, oh, this is where. Oh, this is no Kate and Jack, isn't it? Where basically it's like Locke's gone. Yeah. Um, 
That's the scene. Jack sees um, Felix Leiter again. And uh, as we go back in the jungle, Locke returns with the ball. He's gone full mark scoop in here without the whole... Um, well, the question should be said here is, did Locke kill the boar or did the monster kill the boar? Well, is that ever revealed? Or Well, it's never revealed, but uh, later on the monster will talk about in season six, hey, Jack, I led you to water. I'm trying to be your friend. I gave you water. I showed you where the caves were. True. The monster may have also given them food. Now... We're obviously going to close this out with this epically big scene at the end because it's going to. Yeah, um, we haven't even talked about that. We've already gone too long here, but it's not too long. You don't. We don't have a time limit on these. No. But I just we have to lighten the mood here a little bit because this is not a funny scene. But this is a fucking funny scene because, like, just listen to what Claire says. Claire's like Judith Wexler uh, from Texas. Guess she was going to catch a connecting flight. <laughs> and then whoever the next person is. Uh, oh no, this is still Judith Wexler. She wore corrective lenses and <laughs> was an organ donor. Guess she would have been. Um, oh, there's a video store receipt. Willy Overdue Wonka. charges. <laughs> Willy Wonka. <laughs> I should have been laughing at this. I just love her reaction. This is why I love Claire. Just like Willy Wonka. Uh, <laughs> Who travels with their overdue receipt? Oh, probably been a wallet. I mean, you know, just, but like they didn't pay it before they went to on a holiday to Australia. I just, I just love the fact. Maybe that's why they're going home. They've been returned by the day. You know, <laughs> that's what the marshal was in. I just, that's Kate. <laughs> Blockbuster is just summoning you back. But I just love the fact this is a, an emotional scene with the music. You know, it is sad because you know they're having a memorial service of the victims they don't know. But it's just, it's just Claire's way of delivering these lines. I like the scene. Though. Guess she was connecting a it's connecting sweet. flight. <laughs> My favorite is Stephen Christen. I love Stephen Christen. Oh, tragedy of Stephen. And Christen. then there was someone who was sitting in seat twenty three C. That was near Jack, right? Yeah, which is weird because Jack is twenty three A, like. And there was no one there, so... Well, they went to the bathroom, or they went to the tail section? But or? Bernard and Charlie were in the bathroom. <laughs> were they? Well, what were they doing? <laughs> My high club. Uh, but I just, I just had to say that. And we see that Stone Charlie shows up. Um, the burning plane. Like, wouldn't that stink of, like, rotting yeah. flesh? Like, yeah. Uh, and then we get Michael's little line there to Locke, which is like, thank you. And then Locke's just a bit of a dick. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What does he say? Like, you're welcome. He doesn't say anything, does he? Uh, oh, no. He says, do you see the monster? No. no. <laughs> but here we go, Noah. Uh, we get our next flashback. We're at uh, Walkabout Tours in Melbourne. <laughs> Melbourne Walkabout Tours. Do we want to do the emotional stuff first or the nitpicking first? Nitpicking <laughs> okay. <stuff. laughs> like, you're like, nitpicking. We don't want to ruin... Yeah, I've been sitting on this. So. Okay, so basically, just to go over this scene, he's in the walkabout tour We're office. Australians. Okay. We're Australians. We're going to nitpick the Australian sh- stuff here. We've got Dick Tour Guide. He's basically like, no, we can't have a man in your condition do Our this. first bad accent. Sorry, of, it's of just... season. We can't do this. And we basically pan around... And Locke is in a wheelchair. This is a big reveal. Locke is in a wheelchair, people. Let that like, sit with you. Holy crap. Um, and then he's obviously losing. Don't tell me what I can't do. Come back here, goddammit. Um, to do this. Damn- oh. Gets on the gets on the bus and stuff. drives off. We're going to need to need picky stuff. And obviously it cuts away. This is where we Locke's back to the beach, feet moving. It's a miracle he can walk. Nitpicking. Okay. Outback tours in Melbourne. First of all, yeah. look at a map of Australia, people. Find Melbourne. No any of the outback, so they're going to go on a very long drive to get to the outback. <laughs> like a really, really, really long, well, more than a hundred kilometers from here. That's why, because I've seen this episode maybe ten, twelve times, and just before we recorded, 
I had said to Ben, where are they? Like Alice Springs, Darwin or something. And he pointed out that on the window, you can see Melbourne. Yeah. And which also then begs the question, we'll get you a plane back to Sydney on our dime. Like the accents are so bad. It's like $50 flight. Like we got... <laughs> yeah, come on, Outback guy. Like Nick Tate, he was Australian. This guy is definitely not Australian. Um, and we get an even worse one in the next episode. Yeah, we- <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so maybe you can say the other company was called Melbourne Tours, but really it's just, they're not from Australia. It was just, oh yeah, Melbourne. But like flights go from Melbourne to LAX. Like, I've caught plenty. Yeah, there plenty was no them. reason for Locke to fly back to Sydney because because he didn't have a flight on that date because he was supposed to be going on my, a My, my only thing would that be would be that his return flight is in Sydney. So um, they would know that maybe. So they're not going to pay a you know a $1,500 flight from Melbourne to LAX <laughs> again, as opposed to a $50 is, Jetstar flight. Again. No, but his return flight wouldn't have been on that date. because No, 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 but they can still bump it up but they would know his ticket is in Sydney. And where is Helen, who's supposed to be with you? <laughs> Again, it's super, super nitpicky. But, but it's just we're from Australia. There's probably no other Australia Lost podcast. So po- there you go, nitpicky. Positive, stuff. though. Map of Australia on the window at least has Tasmania. a map of Tasmania on it. Uh, stereotypical Australian, though. Let's have an Australian flag sitting in our, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, look, one thing we should point out is, obviously, this was filmed in Hawaii. We haven't really talked too much about the filming locations, but most of these interior scenes, from at least what I learnt when I went on one of these tours in Hawaii where we visited some of the locations lost, and you obviously already knew this, that a lot of these interiors were done just in Hawaii, weren't they? So they had to uh, make do with what it looked like in Australia. You are definitely understating the hell out of that. Every single scene of Lost bar three scenes were shot in Hawaii. Well, there you go. When we saw the outback, which looked like Australia, the highway where Ray Mullen was driving on when the Marshall And the right side of the road, too. Hawaii. Like, Korea. Hawaii. Well, they even had the... Afghanistan, that, Hawaii. That's really clever because they, they even had like the green sign like they have in Australia and they were driving yeah, on the correct side of the road with our car. The attention yeah. to detail is just... Uh, there's definitely, when we get to the next episode, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the locations I've lucky enough to be to in Hawaii. There's a big one in the next episode, which I'm excited to get to. But anyway, still on this episode. Um, but yeah, so like this... We've got to also know that then the actors... The, the un-Australian actors. Now, Ugh. we can nitpick all we want, I guess, at how bad the accents are. But you've got to understand, these are American accent, actors putting on Australian accents. And <laughs> having spent plenty of time in America, Americans do struggle. Very Everyone hard to do. Struggles. The only Ast- American actor that I can think of that's ever done a good Australian accent was Meryl Streep in that movie about uh, um, Azaria Chamberlain. I've, I've only seen bits and pieces of it, but she pulls off the Australian accent well. It, it is a difficult accent. But, and most Americans, when they do an Australian accent, sound more New Zealand than they do Australia. have to imagine there must be so many struggling Australian wannabe actors who are living in LA. Like... I just fucking Hawaii, you know. There's so many Australians in Hawaii when I was there. It's like I wasn't unique. Oh, you're Australian. Whereabouts are you from? Just imagine a casting call in LA saying we're looking for Australian guest actors for a scene in a TV show. There must be a two thousand minimum. The guy looks Australian. (laughs) He really does. But like, I just don't get why. Because they got Ray Mullen, and they they I think Claire's boyfriend from memory is Australian, and there are some Australian actors, but. For the most part, it's these terrible American actors. And you'd have to imagine there are Australian actors. TV's Kimberly Joseph could have just played multiple roles. Yeah, she could have done them all. But that's because I love the attention to detail. And we're going to talk a lot about Australia because I love that connection. Maybe not now. We've gone on a bit. But <laughs> but it's just 
frustrates me to hell these, these accents. That's my one major, major, real big. Gripe and this isn't life. even the worst. This isn't no, even the worst it one. It gets worse. There's like this one's kind of hit and miss. You hear, oh yeah, oh no, oh yeah, oh no. Like, but it's just <laughs> it gets worse. The biggest dick thing here, though, I, I this pisses me off about this dick tour guide. Let's imagine Locker showed up to this <laughs> building, okay? There's a whole group of people. They're all getting ready to go on the bus. This guy is legitimately telling him at the last possible <laughs> moment, oh, sorry, mate, can't do what we do. You go back to Sydney on our dorm. Uh, you then, neglected to tell us about your situation. <laughs> and then it's like, he's probably, like, Locke would be early. Locke is one of those guys who's <laughs> so excited. Yeah, you got that days early. He would have been there the first there. Oh, uh, what? Let's let's role play that. Oh, mate, uh, we'll get back to you. Just got some other people to get to at the moment. Uh, some people with legs. Yeah, <laughs> neglected to tell us about it's your Randy's situation. Cousin. And then, like, he's like, "Sorry, mate, gotta go." Leaves him in. Literally leaves him in the office and Doesn't gets lock the up. There's nobody else in that office. If I'm locked, I'm gonna like piss all over everything. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just leaves. I have to get on the bus. I'm sorry, we'll get your playmate to Sydney. And everybody else on that bus you is a dick. Do. No, you can't. Everybody else is a dick as well. Because, like, let's be honest, isn't there surely one person who's like, like, oh, come on. Why? Oh, let him do it. Yeah, they're all just watching. <laughs> all right, we've got all the nitpicking. Is there any nitpicking else that I'm going to pick on? The guy's got a stupid ponytail. We're the only <laughs> <laughs> he just sucks. He's Randy's cousin. Asshole. We're the only <laughs> people who start talking about this scene in Lost and we've been talking about Melbourne walkabout doers and this guy. I, I want to let you talk more about this, but I... I it brings the feels. Oh the the music, just just the, the acting... Uh-huh. Terry O'Quinn is a just, master. He's yelling, you get back here, goddammit! Him and Talk Michael Emerson, hands down, the two best actors on the show throughout oh. all six seasons. It's just, it's just so, like, you just, like, holy fuck, this guy! Like, yeah. he's got such a horrible life! Yeah, and we haven't even got to the like this is one flight. It's worse than yeah, It's just it really does hit you in the feels, and like I've always been affected by this season, this scene. But like over the past year or so, I've become a much more emotional person for Europe. various reasons that I won't go into. But <laughs> Europe. But yeah, um, so this always hit me in the feels. But now watching it last night when I watched this episode, I was just like, oh my god, I almost tearing up. Like it was. I've seen it twenty. I've seen the episode maybe twelve times. I've seen this scene maybe thirty times, and it's always hit me. But this is just major hit you in the feels, um, and almost to the point where you're forgetting about. Oh my god, Locke is was in a wheelchair? <laughs> like just because it's so damn sad. It's where it's well crafted, isn't it? I'm supposed to do this, damn it! They don't. They don't kind of like, like you see the reveal. He's in a wheelchair. But it's kind of like the click in you, he's like, fuck, he's in a wheelchair. Oh my God, Paul Locke. Like, it's yes. kind of like, you know, it's just the done acting. so well. Don't ever tell me what I can't do. I'm supposed to, it's my destiny. Oh. And it really just sums up, Locke is a tragic character and we won't do all the Locke discussion because there's lots of Locke episodes coming up. But this summarizes his character. He's kind of that pathetic guy who wants to be something more. He wants to be special. He wants to think he has a destiny. And one crushing scene was in season six or something when Jack said, yeah, I didn't believe in Locke, and he was right about pretty much everything. And it's true; it, they were there for a destiny. It was they were there for a purpose. But it's like the twenty-four trope. If they had listened to Jack Barrett, it would be called twelve, not twenty-four, because it would be <laughs> over that quickly. So it's like if they had listened to Locke, uh. it's just it's so crushing. And I talked about the French transmission, and that's like what sold me. And a lot of people were sold on the pilot, but I think 
this moment four episodes in, this is what got people hooked. People were like, yeah, it's a cool show, Tabula Rasa, it's a decent episode. This, oh my God, there's a show with a character who was all mysterious, who turned out not that mysterious, he's just a guy who was then in a wheelchair, who then got on the island, who's talking about destiny, and he can walk again, this island. I can tell you right now when we're doing our like five moments or something, best of the season, this is undoubtedly not even a question, is number one. It's just, it's one of the greatest TV scenes, let alone greatest scenes in Lost. And it hits you in the feels, it hits you with the mystery and the intrigue and the what the hell. The acting from Terry O'Quinn. I just wish we had an Australian guy that really takes away from him. <laughs> but oh my god, Locke's basically scene. the only one who wants to stay on the island, isn't he? Everybody at this moment wants yeah. to get off the island. Locke doesn't Locke, want to leave. Of course, he wants to stay. Now we know why he's been acting so mysteriously, yeah. and it just ties the episode so well together. Where he started on the ground, everything, and you look back on it now and see how Locke's never standing in the flashbacks, and you see why they're telling him he can't do the walkabout. And this episode is just. An amazingly well-crafted episode, and just Terry O'Quinn. I'm supposed to do this, damn it! It's mm. just, oh my god, this scene is amazing. Watch it again and again, people. <laughs> do I it. Have, I have. Bring been. your box of tissues. I've, I've I, literally. I watched the episode last night, but I've watched just this scene about four times before we recorded it. So I watched it just as we were about to come on for inspiration. Yeah. That's uh, that's walkabout. We're done. Uh, we've walked about through it. Uh, this is the longest episode yet, people. But, yeah, um, but you need one for walkabout. It's like now, a, do we have any answers this time around? I don't think we've got any answers, do we? We've got more questions. No or? answers. Um, so but I've got polar bear. questions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 what did uh, Kate do? What happened to the answer. French? <laughs> well, I mean, the, 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 the what happened to the tail section? We're just kind of added to that mystery, haven't we? Yeah, about like, like is Bernard he still alive? alive? Do we know his name though? Have we? Yeah, she says Bernard. Bernard. Th- oh. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, she mentions Bernard and doesn't lock Jack say who's that or something. Like, My boyfriend. Um, yeah, I've got a couple. Did you get any? Uh, I've got th- two and then one with stars next to it. Um, there was one, but I, I don't write them down like I, you. I wouldn't write this one down, but who is the man in the suit that Jack sees? But it's more, not so much a mystery, more of like a teaser for next week rather than... Yeah, I think that's solved pretty quickly. Yeah, we don't so. need... Um, how did Locke end up in the wheelchair? Oh, this one? And that will be answered. And how would you tie that into the fact of how did he walk again? Or is that... This is where I've started. Because a question would be, how was Locke healed? That could be a question. But to me, this is where I get annoyed at the Lost fans who... I know it sounds like a cop-out, but sometimes I think you just have to accept things. Sometimes there isn't just an answer for every little thing. And... To me, I don't want an answer of how Locke was healed. I don't need to know, oh, there's these magical properties, it's the electromagnetism on the island that went into his legs. And To me, it adds to the mystery of this island is a special place and Locke is potentially a special person and this is why he believes it's his destiny. And I think it takes away from the show getting an answer as to why, how, how, like, you, you don't need more than that. the island. That's all you the need island. to know. Yeah, but it's, it's a bit of science fiction to like, it. Uh, that's a cop-out. And I don't want to know an answer. I want to believe Locke is special. And you have to take this on faith. Locke is the man of faith. Jack is the man of science. And we have to take this on the man of faith section. Or we just have to believe that this happened, this place is special, which it is. And later on, we get people who can talk to the dead. And 
special things happen on Lost, and so I don't want to add it to. The, if you want it in there, it it doesn't get answered. I can tell you. This that is right a now. show with time travel, people. Yeah. Like I mean, <laughs> but I just some things I want answered. Other things I I like to uh, reference the leftovers. I like to let the mystery be. I. Like, I, d- I don't need an answer for that. It takes away from it. Yeah, I agree so with that. I don't think we need to add it, but if you want to add it, we can. No. It never don't. gets answered. So the island. I can tell you that right now. So the, an- <laughs> the answer is the island healed him. And that yeah. I don't need any more, but some people need more. Yeah. Well, I mean, the island heals Rose. The island brings dead yeah. people back to life. And it, it's a special place. And yeah, exactly. I don't need more, but some people it's Launceston. need everything. Uh, <laughs> that's more special place. But, that's, uh, that's but yeah, no answers. But we've got um, how did Doc end up in the wheelchair, which will be answered. Did you say another one, or was that your second one that you were oh, well, about? Oh, who is the man that Jack sees? But that's more of just a cliffhanger type thing, so we don't need to... My, my other one would be, um, will Shannon ever catch a fish by herself? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and what happened to Randy? Do we do we have we did have what the monster is obviously. Yeah. Um, what, you could say why did Locke see a white light while other people see black smoke, but the monster projects all sorts of things. So I don't think we need to. Have that. What are we doing with it? Renting it? Buy, buy it? <laughs> <laughs> Come on! This is one of the greatest TV episodes around. Like, not just for the cliffhanger because uh, the twist. Sorry, because. Obviously, that's a bit people remember, but I think this episode in whole is so well crafted, and I think we've been very positive about it. So, except for the accent, the accent and <laughs> the Melbourne thing and stuff like that. But even like the fish stuff, we've f- found that funny, and the hunting stuff. So, and the Rose and Jack stuff. So, absolute buys. One of the greatest lost episodes, maybe top ten, top twenty, and it's just an amazingly well crafted. Absolutely buy. It's better than Tabula Rasa. Maybe better than Pilot. I'm not sure. Uh yeah, I I buy it. Buy it, buy it, buy yep. it. Uh, so that's uh, that's walkabout. We're, we're, we've walked about through it, and yeah, what a great episode of Lost. We'll uh, we'll even return you back to Sydney on your own dime uh, <laughs> after listening to this. Uh, obviously, our next episode, White Rabbit. Um, no rabbits involved in this one, but obviously the references are there for Alice in Wonderland. Um, oh. It's our first Jack centric episode, folks. We finally get a Jack Hooray, flashback. Our hero. We've been um, waiting so long. I like this episode. I mean, oh my god. We're just firing at all cylinders. We had Pilot, we had Tabula Russell, we got Walkabout, we got White This show is just kicked off better than any show. Like The bad episodes do not come at the start for this show. And we get a lot of boon in the next episode. So. <laughs> uh, White Rabbit is another classic, I think. It's not up there with Walkabout, but it, it's a really strong episode. We do have the tragedy of Joanne, though. And it just, it's oh, yeah, don't talk about <laughs> Joanne. Saddest death since Stephen Christian. I don't know how I'm going to deal with the death of Joanne. No. When you were so male. <laughs> um, but remember, you can uh, follow on with these. Remember to subscribe to us. Uh, iTunes is the easiest way to do it. If you don't use Apple products because you hate Steve Jobs or something or Turtlenecks, um, you can do it on Stitcher uh, and also Spotify if you do what the kids do these days and stream. We're not on Netflix yet, but uh, we'll try and get on there one day. Uh, and while you're there, remember to leave some uh, feedback. We appreciate anything there. Subscribe to it. I mentioned that. Uh, commented. Uh, that's what I just said. Rate us. That's the word I'm looking for. Ben, Jesus Christ. Helen, Helen. What? <laughs> you said Helen. Uh, like us on Facebook, uh, Twitter. Just search for the Oz Network. And you can always shoot us an email too, the Oz Network at hotmail.com. And, of course, uh, the Oz Network.net. You can find all episodes in one place and uh yeah we'll be back for the next episode my name is ben and don't tell me what i can't do oh my name is nora and don't steal my closing things and tell me don't tell me what i can't do don't tell me what i can't say (laughs) don't tell me what i can't say and nc
Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.